Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC ape. Episode 46, You Are Here Again. So we had the episode about who runs AMC Town. And clearly, by the end of the day, the answer was the hedge funds still do. Because I didn't sell any stock. I'm pretty sure you didn't sell any stock. I'm sure a few people sold, made their profit, did their, you know, swing trade. But I got to believe most of that sell-off was just was just the hedge funds. Peter Hahn, I think, is his name. You know, he he's he, he's supposed to like why are you, he's tell, asking the hedge funds why are you doing this? You're not going to win. You're not going to win. But as other people have have pointed out and used this quote, um, and so this is not my original thought, but it's like if you're going to the electric chair, do you do you really run? You know, do you do you try to take as much time as you can if you're really going to the electric chair? Because you just don't know what could happen, right? Governor could call at the last minute. Tornado could hit the jail. Blow the thing all to hell and you're the lone survivor and you just walk away. I get it. I get it. They don't want to just throw up their arms and say, well, that's it. Here's the, here's the millions. Here's the billions. Take it, you smooth-brained apes. You got us. But that's what is going to happen. Not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. But they made a bad bet, and they're going to have to pay up. You know, imagine in Vegas, you make a bad bet, right? And, you know, you, you, know, you have to pay up. But you can keep betting. It's kind of like Vegas, I guess, when you're down, right? If you're down a lot of money. And instead of just saying, wow, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I'm never doing it again. Um, I'm either really in trouble. Like, how am I going to pay my rent in trouble? Or, okay, I have to shift some things around. It's going to hurt. But I can survive this. Okay, you can deal with it like that, or you can just keep betting, hopefully thinking somehow your luck is going to turn around, right? And you keep losing more money, and you keep losing more money. Now, at what point do you do the math, and you think, well, I'm not paying for this anyway, right? What if you had, you could just keep creating the chips, you know, keep pulling them out of your pocket. Counterfeit chips, synthetic chips. Right? Or you keep borrowing stuff from your buddy. Borrowing his money to do this. And you keep digging the hole and digging the hole. Like, at what time does your buddy, what time does your buddy say, hey, uh, you need to pay me back. You're way too deep on this. And you need to pay me back. Or I'm going to take your car. The car we drove out here to Vegas your car that we drove here to Vegas in, guess what? When we drive back, that's my car now. That's my car. 
But they keep doing it. They keep doing it. And right now, it does appear that they run AMC Town. They control that ticker price. That's the... I, I believe there's another value for AMC stock. I would not be in it if I didn't. But I can't buy the stock at that value. I can't sell the stock at that value. I can't legitimately see it at that value. All I see is the ticker. But And right now, they control that ticker. Whether it's shifting things to the dark pool, or who knows what's going on. Not doing their failure to delivers. I don't know. They're just trying to delay this thing as long as they can and hoping something will work out. But, you know, I want to talk about, you know, we're still bullish on AMC, right? And I want to talk about some other bulls. The, the Chicago Bulls. And Michael Jordan. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch The Last Dance. Oh, I think it's on Netflix now. Originally ran on ESPN and at the start of the, you know, the pandemic last year, last spring. And... I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. I went to the University of North Carolina. Where Michael Jordan went. Obviously, he is a uh, legendary figure around the University of North Carolina. And you probably, I don't know what you know about Michael Jordan's career, but when Michael Jordan went to the pros, he, you know, he was always a very good individual performer, right? Nobody could doubt this guy's talent. But the knock on Michael was, he's never going to win a championship. He's not the team player that Larry Bird is. He's not the team player that Magic Johnson is. He's not the team player that Isaiah Thomas is. He'll win scoring titles. He'll do all that. He can fly through the air. He'll sell sneakers. But he's not going to win a championship. And he struggled. They struggled against the Detroit Pistons. That was their big rival. And every year the Pistons would, you know, beat them, beat the heck out of them. They had a few rivals, but the Pistons were the big ones. And they would and they would really beat on Michael Jordan. I mean, hammer him. And finally, finally, the Bulls, after a few years, they finally beat the Pistons. And the Pistons, they wouldn't even shake the Bulls' hands when they walked off the court. They left early. The Pistons starters did. They wouldn't even shake the, the bull's hands and congratulate them. And you know how the bulls feel? They're still mad about it, but you know who needs it? That's how bad you beat these guys. That's how bad you beat them. That you made them do that. That their legacy is always going to be stained with that. Whenever there's documentaries or the bull story is told. There's the Pistons walking off the court. And let me tell you something. It's not fun to lose. I've lost a lot in my life. Been on the losing side a lot. But I've had some wins, too. And, you know, it's funny. My son is starting soccer. My daughter is starting, you know, her soccer as well and, and other things. And I try to teach them. You know, to me, it's not even about the game. To me, it's about being on the team. It's about being a competitor. And I try to teach them to be a good winner 
and a good loser. And when you lose, you need to be a good loser. And say, you know what? I lost. Good game. And you go on with your life. If you're going to be a petty person that can't accept that you lost, <clears throat> you know, if you if you can't accept that you lost, then that's on you. It's not on us. You're not fooling anybody. You may you may have a few supporters of yours <laughs> that that think that's okay. But the rest of us know you lost. And not only do we know you lost, that you're absolutely pathetic. You are so sad. You are so sad that you can't just admit it and get on with your life and maybe even learn something from that loss. That's truly when you lose. You know, when you have a defeat, you have a setback, and you don't learn anything from it, you don't reevaluate things, that's really when you lose. Because a lot of times when you lose or you have a failure, you can examine it and you can come back stronger, strengthen your weaknesses, improve your game. And that's what Michael Jordan and the Bulls did. Once they got beat by the Pistons, they got better. They got stronger. And they kept coming back. And they finally beat the Pistons. And they got to the championship. And they won their first championship against the Lakers in 1991. So think about that when we have these days. We started off pretty good. I don't have to tell you about the day. I'm sure you watched it. You know what happened. You know, we're, we're down. I'm not, hey, I'm not going to be happy again until we're back in the 50s, right? But if, if we're going up, we're going up. A green day is a green day. I'm happy. And we went up, and you're like, okay, keep going, you know, keep going. Maybe we'll, we'll get to 48, 50, 49. Maybe we'll touch 50, get ready for 50, battle for 50 on Friday. And then, bam. And the stock, like they say, spend like two hours going down. And going down and going down and going down. Oh, I better, I bet, oh my God, I forgot to sell all my shares. Wow. That was dumb. I, for, I forgot to sell all my shares. I'll, I'll get on that right now. As soon as the market opens, I'm selling everything. Please. Please. Hedge funds. You got to know, there's probably a few people out there you can shake it ain't enough. It ain't enough. There's hardcore community here. And the you know, I don't know to the extent of what the how this is gonna happen, how high. But these people aren't selling. They're just not. You know, some will, but n not the people that you need to sell. So right now, you think you run Barter Town. You think you run AMC Town. You wait. You wait. You wait till this starts happening. And that price keeps running up. And you'll see who runs AMC Town then. So moving on. Um, the, the, the title of this podcast is You Are Here Again. And a while back, I did a podcast called You Are Here. 
and I talk about where I was at, at that point in my life as far as being an AMC investor and a few other things going on in my life, uh, more specifically the VELF, um, which I just started a Kickstarter for at that time. Um, and I'll talk about all that later. I want to touch on a few things beforehand uh, before I get into that. So real quick, one of the YouTubers I, I like to watch um, is the Massalorian. And I, and if that confuses anybody, uh, most people probably get it. But he's, he's from Massachusetts. I guess he likes the Mandalorian. So the Massalorian. Cue the speeder. Anyway, I, and I like him because my, my parents are from Boston. All my uncles, aunts, cousins are all from Boston. And anytime I hear somebody with the, with the New England accent, it makes me think of my, my family. Um, I grew up in North Carolina. And don't think we didn't take ribbings about being Rebs when we went up there. Not that there was anything Southern about our family at all, really. Just that we, we grew up there. Um, but, uh, at any rate, so I like the Massalorian and you know, he had, he had a couple good episodes and he, he kind of took on Lou, Lou versus wall street. Right. And I've said on the program, I watch Lou's videos and I try to preface that by saying, look, I don't believe everything he says. Um, I have some issues with Lou. But I still watch his videos. I talk about him as a communicator. Now, and, and that's what I want to talk about. Because there's a few things I want to be clear about. Okay, Lou has a style of talking. Now, you can say, hey, he's not politically correct. you know, And he, he gets away with it, I think, for a few reasons. One, he doesn't have a lot of corporate sponsorship, right? So who are you going to complain to about this, right? That's the thing. You know, we talk about a First Amendment and, you know, when these people that the celebrities that have corporate sponsorships or advertisers and they say something that upsets a lot of people. Right. And those people, they start a campaign. They let the advertisers know. And, all, you know, all the people that back that person. Right. It's like, is this really what you want to back? And then the other side of it is, oh, well, there's no well, there's no there's no First Amendment. We're not free to say what. Well, what we want to say. And it's like, yeah, you are. You are free to say what you want to say. But you're not free to have corporate sponsorships. You're not free to have advertisers. If you want to play that game, there's certain things you probably, boundaries you probably need to stay in. So Lou doesn't really have anybody like that that you can write and complain about, right? So he can, he can say it. He also, it's kind of a Charles Barkley... Don Rickles kind of thing that he kind of gets away with it because it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It just kind of like, well, that's Lou. Whether that's right or wrong, it's reality. Now, my reality is I don't talk that way. If you listen to this podcast, you know I don't, you know, I try to be respectful of people and I talk, um, I try to talk about people the way I want someone to talk about myself. And, you know, I always say there's politically correct and then there's just correct that treat people with respect and, you know, understand, you know, people talk about, oh, everybody's so sensitive now. Well, you know, everybody's so sensitive, right? Until it's you, until you're offended, right? And then it's okay to be outraged and upset about something. Now, when other people are upset about something, well, they're just being too sensitive. 
But when you are upset about something, you, you of course, are morally justified to raise hell about it, right? But um, that's just me. I don't talk that way. I don't like, really like it when Lou talks that way, and I wish he wouldn't. Um, but that's, you know, I just wanted you to understand I don't approve of uh, some of the way Lou communicates at times. The other thing that Massalorian brought up was that, that Lou pleaded guilty to some financial crimes. And I'm not saying, no, you know, people don't deserve second chances and you can, you know, pay your restitution to society. But you know, if you're going to take financial advice from somebody, if they have a, you know, criminal, you know, convict, you know, background, um, that's something to consider. All right. I'm not saying you need to rule someone out, but certainly definitely something you want to consider. And lastly, uh, one of the things that Massalorian, you know, touched on and something I think about as well. well what's Lou's end game here? Because other YouTubers, yeah, Lou likes to say he's not a YouTuber, but he posts, as Massalorian pointed out, he posted 600 videos on YouTube. So, he, But Lou doesn't take super chat money. He doesn't really promote a lot of merch and uh, discords and all this stuff, right? So what's in it for Lou? And, you know, the sort of conclusion that the Massalorian had and something that I, I think about is Lou's developing this following, and once he has this loyal following... He's get and maybe this is going to be after the squeeze and everybody has money. He, Lou's going to come up with a play, and that's the play that is going to make Lou his money. Why worry about super chats when you can have a big play that you have thousands of people that follow you set up for? Right? I'm not look. I'm not saying he's a con man. I'm not saying he's trying to trick everybody. I'm just saying, hey, you have to be aware of that. Everybody has an agenda. Like for me, you know, my agenda is. I finally found a, an audience for this podcast, and that's by doing, you know, AMC-related podcasts, and I finally have people that listen to me. Look, I don't have subscriptions. I don't have advertisers. I do talk about the VELF, and I was looking for backers for that, um, and I have books on, you know, Amazon that you, you're welcome to, you know, go try to find if you'd like to, you know, buy those. Sometimes that they're, they're free giveaways, too. Um, but that's it. You know, I'm a writer, I'm a communicator, and to, to build an audience is a valuable thing. So that's what's in it for me. That's my play is, hey, people are actually listening to this podcast. I was going to let the subscription run out because no one was listening to it. I started as a movie review podcast. No one was really listening to that. I then put my um, audio, I made audio versions of my novels and put it on there, but no one was listening to those. And I was just going to let it die, but I had become an ape and was, you know, I wanted to talk to somebody about all the feelings that I had. But, you know, I think people, most of the people close to me were tired of hearing about AMC and didn't want to hear it about it anymore. So that's what this podcast began as. And originally the idea was to do it as a, you know, like a 15-part series on what it was like to be an AMC investor. And hopefully, you know, the end of it would be the squeeze. And what I found was, you know, people were listening to it. And I wanted to have something every day for people. So it wasn't intended to be an everyday podcast, um, but I wanted to make sure I know what it's like. I love listening to podcasts and I know what it's like to have a new podcast to listen to. I know how my kids react when there's a new podcast that they like to listen to. So I try to provide content, you know, every day. 
And that's what it is. That's what I'm in it for. Is you know, I have an audience of people that listen to this, and and it just makes me feel good knowing that you know, hey, you're talking and people are listening to you. You know, people in Madrid and in, in Dublin, Ireland, you know, in Germany and Canada, all over, you know, the states. It's it's an awesome feeling. Um, that's what's in it for me. So always think about that when you're watching somebody on YouTube or talking about the stock. What's in it for them? You know, I, I I digress a little bit. I love these stupid commercials that come on, these ads that you have to skip after five seconds, right? And it's always these guys, and they always tell you how successful they are and how much money they made. Yet, there they are on YouTube to try to convince people like you and me to give them money. <laughs> if you're so successful, why are you making YouTube commercials to try and get money from me? Why don't you just go keep being successful and, and doing what you're doing? Um, so anyway, uh, I, I hate, I hate those videos. So that's, that's the end of the segment on Lou. Um, I'm still going to watch his videos, but I just wanted you to understand, uh, a few th of my feelings, um, when I say that, oh, I watch Lou videos and I just wanted you to know there were some things I'm not completely down with. So getting back to the title of this podcast, you are here again, um, back on August 20th. 2021. That's when I did the You Are Here podcast. And it was kind of a down time for me. The um, stock was trading, AMC stock was trading at $33.60. It had just been pushed down again. And also the my Valve project, it, I just found out that the SureTape company, you know, who had been looking at it for a year, um, basically said, look, we're not going to really do anything with this. We, we think you should take it to other companies or do something else with it. So I decided to do a Kickstarter project and I just launched the Kickstarter project when I did this podcast and I didn't have any backers. One person donated a dollar, but they always donate a dollar to every project on Kickstarter. So it would have zero dollars, just so it wouldn't have zero dollars. So that's where I was and I was feeling very down about it. Um, now, we look at September 17th, 2021. And here's an interesting thing. I know where I was um, 30 years ago. I had just driven into Los Angeles to begin my quest uh, to be a film writer, director, producer. And, you know, things did not quite work out the way I wanted to. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. I did the best I could. I tried really hard, sacrificed a lot, did not see my family. You know, once I moved out to L.A., it, you know, once or twice a year, maybe I would see my I missed my brother growing up. And my younger brother, my older brother was, you know, he was he was out of college, I think, at that point. But my younger brother still had a lot of formative years and I was gone for those. My parents all that time. I could have spent with them all gone on this quest. And, uh, you know, it's hard looking back on that day with you had such high hopes and, you know, it's like, hey, this is how it started. This is how it ended. Right. But listen, I, I got to work for the Walt Disney Company. I met my wife and my, uh, you know, my children would not exist if I hadn't gone on that path in life. And I wouldn't be here holding AMC. Right. And when this thing goes to the moon, we'll all be retired rich. Right. So that's just kind of the way life works. And life doesn't always happen for the best. Life happens. And it's up to you 
to make the best out of it. That's what I say. Life doesn't happen for the best. Life happens, and it's up to you to make the best out of it. So I moved, I got to L.A. September 17th, 1991, and life happened. I made the best out of it, and here I am. So I, I did this, this You Are Here podcast on August 20th, you know, and I say, you are here again. And it would be easy to be upset that, you know, we went from 50 down to we're at 46.35 right now in pre-market. Um, but when you consider, you know, n- not even quite a month ago, we were at $33.60. That's a $13 improvement, basically. Um, not bad. I'll take, a, you know, going up 13 bucks in less than 30 days, right? I'll take that. And then I look at the VELF. I just started that Kickstarter. I had no backers. It's a funded project now. Not by much, but it's a funded project, so it's going to go. Uh, I spent yesterday producing the VELFs. Uh, I was on the assembly line. I was the assembly line. I put the VELFs together, and they're they're ready to go, basically. Uh, there's a few more things I have to do. But the, the Kickstarter project ends on Saturday, um, September 18th, I believe it is, at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So I will um, should be getting those VELFs out if you ordered a VELF and you back the project. You should be getting yours sooner rather than later. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully in September you'll get them. We'll see. And thank you for backing those projects. I really appreciate it. So it just goes to show you, you know, when you think you're in a bad spot, keep at it. Keep fighting. You know, life happens and make the best out of it. And, you know, we're lucky. You know, I look back now. um, I'm here again taking stock of things. It's not perfect. The AMC stock did not moon. The Valve did not become the viral sensation where I had thousands and thousands of orders so I could go to a company and say, wow, I, I started this on Kickstarter and I've got, you know, 20,000 orders. I can't make that on my own. Do you want to buy my company and make these for me? Right? I can't do that, but that's okay. I have my backers and hopefully I'll get some good feedback from them. And I'll probably put the VELF on the back burner for now. And just kind of, you know, see what people think of it that actually were passionate enough to back this project. Get the feedback from them, and then maybe later put a game plan together. And if I have some money from the AMC stock, maybe I can start a little company and keep busy with that. Or I could also say, why? You know, why do I? I just want to enjoy my life. I'm rich now. <laughs> you know, why do I want to go to work with a heavy lift of creating a product and get taking it to the market? I'm good. I'm done. I'm retired. So who knows where it will go? So where are you right now? with everything. Where are you at? How are you feeling? I hope you're in the black. You know, if you're someone that got in in the, you know the 50s and the 60s, it's funny I was looking at some of my my buy histories. And yeah, I I bought in the 60s, not a lot, but I bought <laughs> um How are you doing? You know, where are you at right now financially if this goes on for several more months? goes into 2022, are you going to be able to hold your position? You know, are you not just financially, but mentally? Because their hedge funds are going to try to stress you out, delay this, frustrate you. And you'll probably say, why bother? Just move on. It's only human nature. It's only human nature. 
to get frustrated and want to move on. To show patience is kind of a big deal. And I'll tell you a story about today. Uh, my son was doing rock climbing, and I was uh, take, picking him up from the place he was getting his lesson at, right? And it was a place where it was like right turn only, okay? And there's a lot of congestion there. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the parking lot, and the street is basically congested, right? And there's the, you know, the driveway where I would pull out into the street. And anyway, there was a light, I guess, it turned green, and cars were coming up approaching that the area where I would have to pull out right well I didn't want to try to cut anybody off but there was traffic was stopped ahead anyway they weren't going anywhere but this one guy came up and he drove right up in front of the driveway so there was no way I could get out right he I was basically blocked in which is fine he's there it's like this is my space I earned it you're not getting in forget it dude don't even think about it right well anyway the you know, the light turned green, uh, you know, for what he was, you know, was holding him up. The cars in front of him moved. He moved. But the car behind him didn't. That driver waved me into the street saying, you go. You're, you're good. Just go. He let me in. Now think about that. One driver's attitude was, nope, forget it. You're not getting in. The other driver was, go ahead. You can go. That second driver showed patience, which is not easy to do, but he did. And I think he did it because he knew, yes, it's important that I get to where I'm going. But what's also important is we as society have to work together. And if everybody's just looking out for themselves, that's not good. We can help each other out. We'll get there if we cooperate, if we work together. We're going to get there, and we're going to have a much better time doing it. So remember to show patience. Have the courage to show patience as we wait for the MOAS. If you don't believe it anymore, you know, make the decision you need to make. But if you still believe it, if you're still ready to take that chance, you know, I know I am, and millions of other people are too. We just have to probably show some patience here. Um, I don't know if the MOAS is going to happen today. I always kind of end uh, saying that. And it's usually because I have no idea what the next podcast is going to be. <laughs> That's why I end it like that. I have a couple of ideas for podcasts. I want to do a podcast about ideas. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're into writing or want to do podcasting or ideas or inventions. Um, I want to do one, these will probably be this weekend, I want to do one podcast on idea, passion, and plan, and just talk about what does it take to make something happen, right? Idea, passion, plan. And then the other podcast I want to do is, you know, what has Instacart taught me about investing in AMC? And... Uh, who knows, maybe you even have thought about doing Instacart or, you know, want to know more about that. Um, and I'll talk about that this weekend. I don't know which one is going to be first, but I guess you'll find out on the next episode of the AMC Stock Story.